Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Guys, what's up? It's Amir Ryder with another episode of Transform Sales Podcast. I got my guest, JC Rico, CEO and founder of Move Partners. JC, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Amir. Good morning. Thanks for the invite. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, man. I appreciate you being here. I uh, love the conversations we had in the past. You're, uh, I think you're also based in uh, Mexico and I'm based in Colombia. So we're kind of neighbors and hopefully we can get you down here in yeah. May for the event. Um, Looking forward to that event. Um, yeah, we're uh, definitely a lot of common ground here. And uh, yeah, we'd love to go to Colombia. We're going to get you here. Um, for, for those who are tuning in, we typically have either sales agencies, trainers, consultants, or buyers of sales services. They've uh, done it before and it worked. They did it before and it failed. They're thinking about doing it. We're going to talk about some mistakes that buyers make in the hopes that they don't repeat those mistakes. But before we get into that, can you tell everybody maybe a little bit about yourself and how you got into the lovely world of owning and operating a sales agency in the first place? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I started in tech about, let's say, 12 years ago, um, doing some my trips for uh, local companies wanting to get into the tech world. So we organized um, Silicon Valley trip. So that's really how I, I started in my journey. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, that start got me to where I am. So I made the connections. Um, obviously, there's a there's a big um, bridge between Silicon Valley and Guadalajara. Guadalajara is known to be, um, you know, it sounds pretty cliche, but it, it is. It's become um, like the Silicon Valley of Mexico, just because there's a lot of talent, especially engineering talent. So uh, you know, when I when I started, I really wanted to tap into technology. Uh, I come from a background of international relations. And my dream at, at that time was to go into diplomacy. So I actually spent some time working in a couple of embassies around the world, um, Mexican embassies. And then soon after, when I finished that, uh, it was like, a, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like um, just doing a, three months there um, as an intern. And I realized... I was like, fuck that. I, I don't want to be told what to do right by the current government. So I figure out that tech would be the best way for me to kind of, you know, find out my, uh, my own path. So um, I was not an engineer. I was not a designer. I was really good with people. So I was like, yeah, I'm going into sales. So that's really how it started. And uh, I worked for uh, Brazilian startups, um, expanding into Mexico. Uh, I worked for U.S. companies setting up shop here in Mexico. And every time I did it was an intersection between sales and operations. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I gather enough knowledge. And I, again, I'm like, I'm no expert. I continue to learn every day. But I think I gather enough knowledge to start my own uh, business. So alongside with Philip, my co-founder, we started Move about three years ago, realizing that there was a lot of talent here in Mexico. Um, and, you know, a lot of uh, English, almost native speakers, I would say, um, very hungry, very loyal um, and just, you know, great to work with. So obviously we've got the advantage of being so close to the U.S. So we can work in That's different time zones. It basically is the U.S. to me. It is the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Um so, yeah, I mean, that's how we got started. Uh, we just decided to trust ourselves and then give it a go. It was really, um, you know, no better time to do it than three years ago. We started in the middle of the pandemic and we were like, right, let's let's see where it takes us. Uh, and, you know, three years after we're still going, um, 
tough times actually i was speaking with the agency owner on monday uh u.s based and yeah they're they're feeling it so i think it's time for us to come together so i think you putting this event is definitely a great idea um for us to figure out what's next right so yeah, no, I, 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 from what I'm hearing, I think it's, 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 uh, I, and by the way, I met Philip. He's awesome dude as well. I met your partner, but it's cool hearing that your path wasn't necessarily fully sales. There was a little more tech in the back, a little bit more tech, right? Because a lot of times we talk to people where they're coming more from sales, right? So it's good to hear anyone listening to this that you could become a founder of an outsourced sales agency without being, you know, the top salesperson or, or sales 15 years, right? Um, to me, hearing that Guadalajara, if I pronounce correctly, is the yeah. Silicon Valley of Mexico sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds realistic. I'm like, I, I, I know that Guadalajara is beautiful. Um, yeah. Like, I did see it in Narcos, Mexico. Uh, <laughs> it, it looks awesome, but like, I, I know it's awesome, and I know that like when I when I lived in, uh, I was born in New York, right? And being born in New York, like this is the center of the world, right? And that's kind of how everybody feels there. But then coming here, it's 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 easy to see that even like. Mexico City is like the center of Latin America for like the fashion industry. It's like a New York City, right? And and uh, I think people forget how massive these economies are and how much talent there is in these areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool that you've planted your flag uh, as a B2B sales leader in Guadalajara. I think that that was something that I did in Medellin, Colombia, maybe six years ago when we were a sales agency. And mm-hmm. it had an amazing rippling effect of other organizations coming into Medellin and hiring um, maybe not the best for some of the rent prices, but you know, can't, yeah. <laughs> something's got to give. Um, but that's, that's, it, I, 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 and I, actually, Amir, like when we started, we were like, okay, who do we want to mimic? Right. And, and you at that time you were leading, um, Cloudtask, and, uh, actually we hired, um, a woman that used to, or that spent some time in Cloudtask, And, and when we hired her, I was like, okay, great. She's got like, great foundations she's she's amazing and, and she came from cloudtask so i think yeah that had the ripple effect like directly on move because we ended up hiring um this this woman that uh you know ended up doing a great job for us so you know thank you for that thank you for kind of saying we're, we're all connected by like third degree separation because it's exactly. like hearing hearing that and then how i actually came to you guys is that uh, i lost an opportunity with a, a friend who just simply didn't trust me <laughs> from a, a tech company and um, he went with you guys. And as soon as he went with you guys, I reached out to you guys. I just reached yeah. out to you and be like, hey, join our marketplace, right? Because obviously there's, there's you know, not competition. We're, we're a marketplace. So yeah. it's kind of interesting to see that we're all connected. We've been kind of uh, in the same network for some time and now we're coming together. Tell me a little bit about Move Partners, right? Like what's, what's uh, you know, like what, what, is, what is your sweet spot? Like who do you guys... Do you guys have any preference when it comes to clients, when it comes to like the uh, product type? Do you, do you guys prefer software over services? Do mm. you have a region? Tell me a little bit about Moving Partners. I'd love to learn about yeah. it. Um, so, you know, our sweet spot is very simple. It's um, for SaaS companies, um, early stage. Uh, usually I was looking at, at the client list that we have now. And um, for the most part, they're in EMEA, right? So Poland is... Um, probably uh, number one when it comes to um, clients Um, and then Israel and then Canada, actually, for some reason, like the Toronto area, Ontario, a lot of startups come from there. So they're SaaS companies. They're usually in their early stages. Um, They're sort of going from a founder led sales to a more process oriented um, sales effort. 
obviously focusing or trying to focus on an outbound. So yeah, man, it's uh, they they're either in the process of going from seed to Series A, and they need to show that traction um, to their investors or to the potential investors. So it's really about you know helping them. Um, create a process which again they've been selling to their own network and referrals and all that and they want to again make sure that they're selling to strangers um, for the say European client base or EMEA um, it's probably the first time that they're selling into the US so they have no idea how to do it um, they obviously lack the you know the time zone um, uh, sort of yeah they're sort of using us to because we're able to reach out in, in U.S. time zone. Um, and because, yeah, we had the expertise of doing that for a number of clients in the past. So, yeah, SaaS, B2B, um, going after mid-market to enterprise. Um, usually ACV is between, let's say, 15 to uh, 35, 40K. Um, around those, Yeah, ACV, around those numbers. Um, we've worked with some very early stage companies who are, really trying to find product market fit. I would say that those are the hardest ones just because, I mean, not the hardest in, in like the work that we do, but it, it takes a lot of um, like back and forth. D difficult to make them happy, right? But for, yeah, the, for exactly. the purpose, yeah. purpose of the question, I, I'm trying to focus on your 80-20 rule, right? So I think okay. whenever I talk to agency owners, I think it's always, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a trick, right? Because you're mm -hmm. always going to be tended to say, we help service, we help software, we help startups, right? But if I really, really hear what you're saying, and remember, anybody listening to this, you can contact Movement Partners, yeah. anything, right? But what you really, really have a handle of is a software company that has a unique selling proposition that comes yeah. from a region that's close to the US, you know, Toronto, like these big cities, right? Yeah. But that has basically looking to go from series A to series E. Uh, from C to Series A, which for those listening, um, seed is typically like your first investment, friends and family, right? And Series A is your first institutional, right? So kind of companies that have sold before, maybe they're at a quarter million, half a million in revenue, trying to go to five, right? And they're getting a lot of value out of your, your, your skills of setting up market validation and getting it ready to kind of explode. And, and, and that's, yeah. the, that's the sweet spot. And, and, and that's, Considering that there's a new startup every day and there's a lot of thousands of companies that are going from C to Series A, I think that that's a good spot to be in. And, and that's also where companies, you know, I, for anybody listening, right? Like if you, if you raise, raise a, a seed round and you don't hit certain goals, you might lose investors' interest. You might go to business, right? So this becomes a part where you're like, hey, do we want to hire experts, right, that have done it before or do we want to do it on our own? Or do we want to do both, right? I recommend sometimes the people that I recommend the people that hey, it's a it's a three strong approach, right? Like work with the, work with multiple agencies and do it internally because it's not about being right or wrong; it's about hitting your goals. That's my opinion. I shouldn't be getting into it right now on the show, but um, that's kind of how I feel. Um, and that's that makes sense because that opportunity I lost to you guys was that same yeah. description, right? Exactly. So I'm, I'm happy hearing that the right buyers are are finding you guys. Uh, what, what do you think separates you apart from other agencies? And obviously it doesn't have to be something crazy magical. Like we pull rabbits from our hats, but is there <laughs> something that you, 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 and obviously the agency role for people listening, there are thousands of, of amazing B2B sales agencies out there more growing every day. Um, so I'm sure it's not easy to know what everybody does, but is there anything that you would come to mind that says like, this is, you know, separates us from some of those guys? I mean, I, I would say that we've got a, 
relentless mentality. Um, and we really try to get plugged in to, um, you know, with the client's team, basically. So, you know, we're kind of in the trenches trying to help them figure out. Um, so, you know, doing whatever it takes to get conversations. Um, so we're not just like uh, that type of agency that gets told what to do and then, you know, kind of waits for whatever happens. Yeah. So I guess that, I mean, re- trying to be really like engaged with the client, um, I would say that uh, that's kind of- That goes a far way, man. I'm like, relentless, this is, is the key that persistence wears down resistance, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's um, a good quote, so, yeah. so that's a top-down thing and, and, and look, I, 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 some of our really successful cloud tests before we pivoted was kind of that as well. Where like someone asked me that, I'd be like, well, we're just relentless at getting results and, and, and making recommendations and not letting, not letting buyers dictate what they want if they know they're going to lead us into a, a failed campaign. Um, talk to me about mistakes that buyers make when searching for agencies. And I mean, like during the buying process, right? What, what kind of behaviors have you seen that are, are behaviors that, lead to a buyer potentially finding and engaging by engaging, I mean, hiring mm. the wrong fit agency. Um, wow. That's a good question. So I would say uh, false expectations. Um, or like unrealistic. Yeah. Unrealistic expectations. So, you know, uh, expecting that the agency will have, this magic wand and solve everything related to sales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would I would say that that's uh, probably the biggest one. And then the other one would be, you know, expecting that like paying as slow as possible will get them the best possible outcome, yeah. just because people tend to be cheap and underappreciate the type of work that we do. And fucking sales is hard, man. Especially top funnel sales, it ain't easy. So. You know, it's more than hard, right? Like, like if you're like, imagine you're going to bid to get like a, a rocket to go to Mars and it costs a billion dollars. And someone's like, look, it's going to cost you a billion. You're going to blow up. But you're then you're like, eh. And then you find a guy who does it for half a billion and you blow up. Right. Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. an extreme analogy, but is it really right? Like if you're a seed around company raising series A, blowing up is what can happen if you don't hit your sales goal. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's one of those things where like you would imagine that you'd want to pay more exactly. and, and add the insurance on top of it. Um, but the behavior is different. The behavior is basically like, I have no idea what my expectation, I, I, basically it's like my expectations are going to be, you need to do it faster, cheaper, and more efficient. And then I'm going to negotiate the lowest price. Right. And exactly. um, for anybody listening, those behaviors, if you're a buyer, maybe you'll get the discount. Maybe you'll get a better price, but at what cost? Right. And, and I think people need to kind of see it as like, are these tactics for me or against me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense? And, you know, we've heard a lot enough, we've heard it over and over again from, from sales agencies that they just aren't, right? And if, and if any buyer out there can prove to me how having crazy expectations and negotiating lower price helps you, mm-hmm. I would love to have that conversation with you on a podcast. So please contact me so I can chat about that because I'd want to understand the psychology behind it. Um, and... Yeah, I'm like I'd, I'd love to have that conversation. I, 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 I kind of think it could be a, a, um, it could be a factor of bad education on the on mm. the sales process, and also like come shopping for sales agencies when they made a mistake and the time is running out and they're gonna get fired. But that's me, that's me speculating. Um, no, no, what, no, you're right. 
And, and then the, the last thing, Amir, I would, it just came to mind, if, like low involvement. Uh, I think that um, like especially when you're going from founder-led to working even internally or with an external agency, like the level of in- involvement matters a ton. So you cannot expect as a founder to kind of say, hey, here's, here's you know, the project, you figure it out. I, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get involved in like, you know, a couple of days in the first week, but then I'll let you figure it out. So I don't think that it works like that. You, you probably saw it a lot. When no, you my, my next grade. question was what mistakes the buyers make when working with you and you're, you're getting right into it. Right. So I didn't ask yeah. the question to pop it up, but that's, that's another mistake, right? It's, a, it, it's, it's like they, they kind of have these habits of buying without realistic expectations and they're buying with low price. And then at the same time, if you're not really involved, right, or you kind of have a hands-off experience. And the irony, I'm like, for me, the biggest irony is a million dollars in revenue for a software company during good market conditions could lead to 10 million evaluations. So, like, do you want to be hands-off with the thing that adds value, right? Mm. Uh, and I think I think it's like one of those things where, like, it's like this is the hard thing, so I'm going to hire a company to do it not help them and then blame them. And, and, and it's like a victimhood kind of mentality, right? Where yeah. we've seen, we've seen that the agencies over the year, the ones that, that had the longest, I'm talking four years plus work mm-hmm. with us, flew down to Medellin, took everybody out to dinner, spent time with everybody. They actually fly. We had a, com- a customer that flew everybody to Carousel um, for the, um, for like an event. And they treated the team the same way that they were internally. And, and that company has had the same, reps for five years, which is like, like a uh, higher than average, nor higher than industry average. And it's just a matter of, of how much they put in. Right. So it's like for anybody listening, if I think one thing that I like to remind people is that we have this kind of mentality that like money spent under a W2 is different than money spent under a 1099. Mm-hmm. That's different than a contractor. But I promise you when you put 10 K into a bank, it does not know or care. It just exactly. cares about what you get. Right. So, you know, I think that if, if people kind of lowered that, it's almost like tribalism, right? Where they're like W2 is internal to my people and external is like a different tribe, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, they're going to treat you differently. And anybody listening, we talk about these things not to kind of like bash anybody. It's more to be like, please don't make these mistakes because if you, if you change the way you behave, you're going to make a lot of money. Um, leaders like JC Rico are going to be able to, to focus more time mm-hmm. on, on, on finding new tools, technologies and ways to get you results versus like telling you to, Versus calling you and being like, um, you're not, your sales cycle is nine months and it's six months. I know you don't have a cash flow, but how is that possible? Like we've had those calls before, right? So the idea here is for, for buyers to, to, to win more, right? It's not to bash anybody like that. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you think about like the industry in general. Do you think that SDRs are going to be continued to be measured on meetings? Or do you think we're going to move into this kind of engagement and uh, traffic kind of world? Yeah, I think, you know, we are actually already moving into that, into that world. And, uh, you know, these days you can never talk enough about chat, GPT, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. And, you know, we need to learn to leverage more and more of those tools. So the SDR can focus on like the really, really important details that all those tools won't be able to, at least until now, or maybe in the future they will, but, so yeah, the engagement um, kind of model is, or in my mind, eventually will take over as you kind know, of the main 
Rofer and SDR. And actually, I'm not sure if that name will stick around too much longer, uh, just because a lot of the functions we're going to be able to to automate or to semi-automate. We're going to turn into so, demand gen experts. Yeah, exactly. Demand gen experts or, you know, even like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy how things are changing. I don't think we're even realizing how fast things are moving in the sales world. Um, it, and actually, it's been just like in the last month, right? Or even two months. So, yeah, I mean, we need to kind of move as fast as, as technology is moving um, as agencies. Yeah. If not, then, you know, companies will figure it out. More tools will come and then we'll be out of business, hopefully. I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. Yeah, I, I think the more, yeah. I, think, I think that the faster it changes, the more you need an expert to keep up with the changes, right? Like if you're, if you're like a software company that does guest blogs or this or that, like how is it possible to be ahead of the game in your industry and ahead of yeah. game in sales? Yeah. So I think no, right? And I think if an SDR changes to demand gen, it's no difference for sales agencies. Yeah. Um, and I also believe that, I think what happens, and this is my opinion, right? I think that happens that when we push SDRs to make meetings, I think we're allowing companies to ignore their website because it's like yeah. giving them a reason to be like, we don't need to change our website, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, if a buyer, if an SDR calls and they're like, hey, Joe, what's going on? Nice to meet you. My name's Mir, blah, 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 blah. Just wanted to actually send you my website link to see if anything that we had to offer is interested. Don't want to book a meeting right now because obviously it's the first call, but we have some good tools that help people in this and that. Take a look. Mm -hmm. A buyer will identify as an MQL by doing downloads or book mm -hmm. a meeting on their own, right? And I think that if we switch it like that, we'll have more efficiency because we'll have more meetings that close, right? And we'll be kind of changing, I think, the whole system to actually match the data, which shows that, Buyers are doing more research. There's 11 people on a buying cycle, right? Yep. Um, and they're, they take meetings when they're ready. But I don't think, I don't think, I think the sales agencies were, are here to stay. And I think, I think we are the, probably the ones to help people change those old patterns, right? Those old behaviors. Um, this has been awesome. I don't want to keep you too long. For anybody yeah, who's, who's a uh, software company, seed round, looking to uh, go to Series A, got some traction, want to work with the tenacious team that understands go-to-market, understands market validation, where can they find you? How can they contact you? Um, yeah, they can, uh, probably best way is to email me, jcrico at move.partners. Um, our website is move.partners. Um, and yeah, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to share um, you know, learnings that we've uh, accumulated over the last three years working with almost 50 startups. So yeah, I'm open to any type of discussion. And thank you so much, Amir, for inviting me to the podcast. It's the first of many, dude. I, uh, I love seeing all the leaders across the world. I love the story. How about how you had one of our guys and connected and I contacted yeah. you. So small world. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Transforming Sales Podcast and listening to JC Rico and Move Partners. And uh, I hope the tidbits and tricks and, and, and pointers are helpful for you guys and always happy for some feedback. And yeah, if you are a buyer that actually um, stands by his... I'm going to have unrealistic expectations and grind you on a price and wants to chat, contact me. I'm ready to debate you. That'll be a, a good podcast, Amir. I'm, I'm going to try to find that one. All right, man. Take care. Cool.